Peace. This is the Asher Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. I want to start off by giving a Veterans Day shout out to all the veterans out there. Uh, veterans in my family, like my grandfather, like uh, my great-grandfather, like my grandfather's siblings, uh, like a lot of the men and women from our community that have never, don't really get that kind of love as it pertains to being a veteran and being a vet and representing that that particular experience in this country. So reverence and respect to them. So I'm just going to get into it. Uh, If you haven't noticed, this is a change and a new thing. So I'm going to set up this episode by letting you know going forward, there will be a, a weekly release. I'm looking at making it Wednesdays outside of this week. And um, we'll come back to that at the end of this episode when I'm uh, sort of wrapping up the day. Um, So let's go. So the elections were this week and the concept that I wanted to tie into because we could get into a whole lot of stuff around, you know, the elections and the process and voting or not voting. The thing I think I want to center on and as a value and a thing of concern um, as I move through the world is the comfortability that I notice sometimes we feel with operating off of just really shaky information. Now I say that to say this. There's always every year, you know, a big push and a big, you know, in out debate around voting and and the call to vote and, you know, and, and the oh my vote doesn't matter and then other people say, No, your vote does matter and then folks saying, Well, you know, our our ancestors fought for the right to vote, then the people saying, well, it's a corrupt, terrible system that wasn't designed for us, and therefore doesn't matter, or you shouldn't. Um, Where I land in that is always complicated, um, but I'll say this. Think about what it is you want. And if some of the things that you want can be accomplished by finding a level of participation within the system and the society that you live in, then be engaged. Do something, right? Now, if you're going to say, well, I'm not going to vote because it's, you know, I want to, I don't think it works, it doesn't count, or my vote's not being counted, or it's going to be cheated out of the system. Cool. What else will you participate in or are you participating in to move forward the creation or the implementation of the things that you want? That would be my only question to you. To the you know, vote or you're, you know, selling out the race almost crowd, selling out the community crowd, I would say, ease back. Voting is important. National elections, important. Local state elections, important. Down to, you know, your township, city, whatever, borough, important. You should be involved. and should make sure you have a good word. But voting alone is not going to resolve all the needs of your community. It's one step. It's one piece. It's one part. It's an opportunity to engage, and depending on how engaged you are in the system, because if you didn't know, um, you can volunteer, you can coordinate things. There's a lot of things that can be done on the organizing level in your community to move a policy or an idea forward that can then be implemented by the community Uh, But it does not happen without engaging the community. Voting, as it exists within our system, for those that don't know, is one form 
of encapsulating the idea of civic engagement into action, meaning that the voice and the requirements of representation, ideas of the people in a particular area could be shown through this tool. It is not the only tool, but it is one. And it is one that most of us have uh, now, due to blood, sweat, tears, and fighting and scrapping, to engage in. So, uh, wherever you're at in the country, I don't know if there was any surprising outcomes or challenging. I'm not going to get into that particular aspect because at this point, three days out, I'm not, I'm just not really enamored with it. I will say this. Uh, I always find it interesting and, and, and something I'll probably touch on when I have a little bit more time to draw it up and, and bubble through it. There's a fascinating phenomenon, particularly as it pertains to black men um, and, and other men of color um, and sort of the way we move in and out of engagement with sort of like conservatism or liberalism and um, uh, you know, sort of individuality versus group activity and there's there's something real interesting in there that I'm gonna I'm gonna take some time and put, give you my word to sit down and do a little bit of meditative thought on to come back with some of the pieces that um that I see in there because there's a lot of sort of identity and how you try to apply and live within this society that sometimes can seem very attractive as a personal philosophy although um, from all different points within the spectrum of those uh, political uh, perspectives that doesn't always translate to, you know, maybe the desired outcome. So it's a lot there. I'm going to come back to that. Um, and um, after some deliberation, I decided, you know, what would really bring me some joy is to take this episode to show some love to something spectacular that happened on this day in my life. And um, for those that don't know, this is the 25th anniversary of the release of Into the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, and Midnight Marauders by the Tribe Called Quest. A Tribe Called Quest, in case that didn't translate to you properly. So I thought it would be good to, to tell a little story. So um, Into the Wu-Tang um, and this album, Midnight Marauders, so first thing, let me say, and I may have said this on here before, I think the I like doing the top fives and how did I who's your favorite rapper blah 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 great fun but for me a lot of my favorite hip-hop is from groups you know producer and a rapper DJ and a rapper two DJs one DJ two rappers whatever you know Wu-Tang which was nine artists um a lot of my favorite hip-hop hip-hop that I get most excited to hear um, hip hop that I, you know, will will turn back to, especially from this age, from this time, because you know, um, which I'm going to get into a little bit, reflecting on what I was doing and where I was at at this time in 1993. Um, you know, coming in to my young adulthood, so to speak, um, the uh, the groups that I listened to stood out to me more. You know, I have more fond memories of EPMD and Gangstar and uh, Woo, Tribe, De La Soul, Jungle Brothers, Brand Nubian, uh, what's the, uh, well, later M.O.P., uh, Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth, right? Heavy D and the Boys, uh, even uh, what's my man's from um, 
I mean, you know, I wasn't in all of what they was doing in NWA. Um, so, you know, it's interesting, you know, and of course, Public Enemy, how could I forget? But so November 1993, and this is if I, if I'm if I got it right in my head, and I think I do. All right, so that was the start of my senior year in high school, right? And I think at that moment, uh, summer, I had worked at Six Flags Great Adventure, right? Now, uh, I was more excited that day to get Midnight Marauders. And the reason why is a real specific aspect related to how I came up in the circumstances of my family. And here's those circumstances. My older brother went to Morgan State, right? So for those that know, you know, early, and I don't know the particulars why, I'm sure if I dig a little bit on the internet, I could find it. Wu was making moves in Baltimore uh, on the music side of things or whatever they was doing. Um, I know that they had a relationship, though, down there. So when my brother went down there in 92, I want to I feel like a year before, like, Wu really started getting on that summer. Summer 93, Wu got on everybody's radar. But before then, my brother had, like, Method Man joints, had, had the M-A-T-H-O-D, man, and all that, and a couple other joints, like, on mixtapes, and was bringing stuff home from hearing, you know, Whatever they, whatever was happening down on campus, so I already was exposed to a lot of that record before I got the record. Also, again, I'm from New Jersey, from a certain part of New Jersey where I had access to PRB. Right, so you can go look up the relationship, and I think there's definitely I might be able to find it before I post this. Um, some links. There's a couple articles I know that talks about the relationship that the RZA had with some of the college radio with college radio in general but specifically PRB had a really dope college radio station that played a lot of different hip hop and you couldn't get it everywhere you could get it you could just get it where I grew up primarily in Willingboro so if you you know was chilling playing video games Madden or whatever uh, NBA Live I think was around at that point you could um maybe not maybe who knows man Anyway, that's not the point of this story. You could pop on PRB, and you might hear all kinds of different hip-hop, um, underground stuff, artists you ain't heard of, and it was a real, you know, you know, uncut. You know what I mean? The stuff you wasn't going to hear on the, 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 the local radio stations, the big broadcast stations, you know. Uh, so when Into the Wu-Tang came out, I was I knew it was coming and it was almost like yeah I'm gonna pick it up because I know it's out now officially so I'm gonna get it you know what I mean but I think I even had a tape with like almost all the songs on it so it wasn't uh, totally new to me uh, so I went that day though Turntable Records uh, which is was the record store in Willingboro shout out to uh, everybody that was worked in that particular establishment DJ J Ski I think may have been working that day. Um, I cop that and I cop Midnight Riders. I bought them in a member of the the internal debate of me wanting to either buy the CD or buy tapes. Because for those that didn't live that window, you know, if you had a tape, you know, most of us had tapes for your Walkman. But stuff was coming out on CD and sometimes it was, you know, it was a little bit of novelty to it to play it on the CD. But also sometimes albums would have more stuff on the CD version 
or more stuff on the tape version. It was real topsy-turvy, and I don't know why. Maybe one of you uh, enterprising journalists can go look and research and find out what was up with that. Uh, but I remember distinctly copping them both. And I think I might have walked home. I might have got a ride up to turntable and then walked home. And now you ain't you didn't grow up in Willingboro, so you don't know where I, my house is at. But for those that know me from that level and that time in my life would know that was like a mile and a half walk I signed up for, a two-mile walk to walk back home, you know, to get, get, to get these records. Um, just to give you perspective on how serious and committed you know, a young brother was to his hip hop and to the digestion of the art that he enjoyed. Now, the other thing that was significant for me at this point is, like I said, I worked Six Flags during the summer. All right, so uh, I worked a couple weekends. The summertime starts, school start. You know, Six Flags stays open till like October. So I remember working some weekends. So I think like you know, basically I'm saying all to say, my last little paper was starting to dry up and I was trying to get a new job and I was about to start working at the McDonald's, right? Which was a whole nother experience, which I'll get into, you know, my stories of working in fast food and food service in another episode or maybe at a show. We'll see. But in any event, I knew I had enough bread to cop these records. So I was like, I'm going to get this uh, Midnight Marauders, I'm going to get this Wu-Tang and I'm going to walk back to the crib and then it's going to be on. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to play these. I'm going to kick it. I mean, I was all excited. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm hyped. Like, I wanted to get home to get in the house so I could listen to the records, uh, which may be an odd or unknown experience to y'all that can, you know, play anything on your phone in, in 10 to 15 seconds, depending on how good your search engine is working or if your LTE is that's appropriate. And so anyway, I'm walking home, and I'm trying to think, what was I listening to? I might have also bought, and I don't know if it was out that day, month already because I think I might have bought like four records that day I might have to look that up if I if I do I'll put it in the notes or somewhere so in any event I'm piping I mean I get to the crib I'm like man I'm about to listen to this I'm listening to this Midnight Rider I'm listening to this Woo you know at some point like I said I was holding off on the Woo because I you know was familiar with it already and, and, and I had a connection to it um the uh, important part and the thing that I will share before because I'm going to just I'm gonna do one and do the other in terms of its impact. So later, I would say about a, three weeks later, I really sat and listened to the Wu-Tang record. Like listen to it all the way through. Listen to every track. Listen to the two different versions of, uh, you know what I mean, uh, into the woo, you know what I'm saying, and then, you know the version with the skit, you know my brother the killer tape, da, 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 you know what I mean, and the other version. Like I never call and ask you to make, you know, all that. You know what I'm saying, you know the uh, the the second skit, not the other skit. Um, and I remember just the energy was an energy that was not like anything else that was available. Um, but then also the way the energy was coordinated because there was some other groups that like were trying to do the big giant group piece at that time in that window that didn't you know make the make the big didn't make the transition where we know them now or we remember them in the same way. But they did something in in their structure that I would say um, they kept their, their individual flavors, but moved them you know through each other. You know, that's one. Two, I think the topic and the subject matter of the songs were relevant to a wide group. 
um, especially those of us who, you know, was young and formidable and uh, forming rather in the the crucible, you know, or the crack age. I mean, so we understood at this point. We saw sort of what happened to the fifteen-year-old, you know, kingpin, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, we saw what happened to that dude. We saw the transition of the the spike in violence and the the, the skating rinks closing and the, uh, the the movie theaters closing and the the neighborhoods you couldn't go nowhere go to all like that or your family moving you know here or there to try to get away you know from this or that um, and to, if you you know were so fortunate to be able to do so we saw you know the blocks turn and still be you know still be a lot of wild stuff going on but the peak of what that looked like. You know, had transitioned. We saw the mellowing, you know, also of hip hop. We saw the the reorganization of ideas around, um, you know, where hip hop was moving into sort of a more of a mature um, space. And when I say mature, in terms of like the details, uh, you know, you had, you know, you know, the artists of the Wu, where you you had the business foresight that they had uh, in terms of having a group, but then having an individual artist wanting to be able to still do their own thing and pushing a line where they they wanted to do that. I mean, I would say for me that seemed like an uneasy concept. So like, man, are they, they going to break up if they if they do these solo records? I mean, what's that, what's that what's that mean? You know what I mean? Nobody up to that point it always was you would think of that sort of transition as a sign of destruction, not a sign of an add-on or an expansion. Um and not that all those records happened at once and obviously for those that know the history um you know, there was a was a specific way all that occurred that I'm not going to get into here, but this record set the stage for that. Um, the thing I would say uh, was definitely a capstone record within that process was Cream. You know, that really spoke to, even if you, you know, if you, whether you was someone who was act- actively engaged in the, in the distribution of uh, legal narcotics um, and or the robbing and or the various other things that went on where the drug trade and, and, and the drug usage and the epidemic, you know, the health crisis that was impacting our community and the economic crisis that was tied to that because of the way where we were situated uh, in a broader economy. You know, you, you could relate to the ethic that you know, folks was going for theirs, um, whatever way they thought they was going to get it. You know, if they thought they was going to get it by being in school, playing playing a sport, uh, they thought they was going to get it by doing some form of hustle, whatever. You you could relate to the to the ethic. You know, at least as I like to say, or I I look at these things is you know I don't have to. Um, ingratiate myself to the reality of, of doing street crime. I translate, you know, the, the energy to what I'm trying to do and part of my own motivation movement. I mean, I'm a person that's had a job since I was 14. So, like, look, I'm going to earn my money, you know, in a way that is that I could be, I could feel um, safe and respected. And I had the good fortune of having the stability in my home life that I did not feel pressed to make one of those, some of those choices. I didn't feel um, squeezed. I didn't have those circumstances, but I could relate to it. I could understand 
um, where one would make that decision. I had relationships with individuals who might made, you know, some of these decisions. And, you know, and you learn that it's not this um, demigod. It wasn't the, the lizard man they had in the, if you remember that crazy, uh, you know, just say no or whatever it was, drug ad from the 80s where the dudes, you know, he's walking up, he's like, yeah, I sell drugs, da 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 and he's like a lizard monster man. You know, anybody that really ever knew anybody that hustled, most of the time they wasn't lizard monster man. They was conflicted about the circumstances under which they was living and operating as anybody else was. And, um, you know, a lot of young dudes lost their lives, a lot of families was hurt. Um, a lot of folks is recovering now. You know, a lot of, you know, folks of my age, you know, in their 40s, recovering now from the choices they made or felt they had to make. So I just thought the the entire conceptualization of, of, of the woo, the way they came out, the way they approached it, um, was an early sort of like showing of that transition also of dudes who may have been involved in various things looking and saying, we gotta, we can't do this shit over here forever. You know what I mean? So props to them. I mean, this ain't the... I'm not gonna get into each and every song and, and all that. I just wanna give props and love and, and then remember the, the the joy and the excitement of that time for me. Um and songs like you know said if you like to touch the steel or generally get busy, still, you know, get that energy up. So check for it. Now, Midnight Marauders is a, is another basket, right? Again, I like groups a lot more than solo artist records for the most part. Um, this record is probably one of my favorite records of all time. And this becoming, this 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 fortuitous timing um, presents a circumstance that allows me to, to focus in on a particular aspect, and that is what might be one of the best songs in the creation and the history of hip-hop, Electric Relaxation. Now, I'm going to come back to that point and how, why I feel that way in just a moment, because I got to say that, say this. The structure of this album, um, it, to me, was poignant because that second record was so strong that I think there was fear or apprehension that you couldn't back that up, right? Um, and when when you started listening to the record and the beats and the sound and the way everything came together and, and all the, the, the tracks involved... You know, you, you got to clear that. Okay, no, they they good. They they were able to uh, they were able to um, follow up their original their first record with a quality set of tracks, um, conceptually organized piece of work um these really felt the tendency uh q-tip and sort of like his style and sound and everything um but it was no loss of of, of fife and, and of, of everybody still wonder what the hell Jerobi was doing but who knows um in any event it's several tracks on there that are just amazing you know and that's part of why when i talked about the wu-tang piece because i was so familiar with it when i got this i just was burned i was burning this thing back and forth you know what i'm saying i was listening to it on the way to work i was listening to it on the way to school i listened to it when i would get back to the house you know i was in you know again 
y'all are in an age now where you can get to mostly any song you want to hear when you want to hear it. At my time, I had to, you know, find the window, you know, it wasn't all on my phone. And so the, um, the, the experience of trying to get back to the crib and hear the song that I enjoyed or like get to that moment where I could tune in for a little bit. It's just a very special, special, you know, feeling and I'll never forget it. Now, rela- electric relaxation. Here's the thing. I want you to do, I want you to go um, after I'm done, you get electric relaxation or maybe, no, 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 don't pause it. Listen to the song. Here's the thing. It's a song in terms of hip hop that you can play. You can do fast, meaning you can think about it like I'm dancing, jamming, you know, good to dance with somebody with, good to ask for a dance to, not so f- slow that it gets a little like, you know, a little too intimate for first time meeting somebody, but fast enough that you can do a nice step to it. Good for driving, good for working out, you know what I'm saying, if you're getting your jog on or your cardio, um, or even if you're in between and you need to mellow the energy. Uh, and then just the subject matter of the song is dope. Um, the concept of the video is dope. It just might be the best song, one of the best songs in the history of hip-hop. That's right. I said it. Fight me. Um, and I'm just really appreciative. Uh, the you know the record cover with all the different artists and the people on it was very... Um, you know, again, speaking to that maturity piece where hip hop had gotten to a point that it had started, you needed to start to like look and say, wait a minute, man, there's a lot of creativity around this art and 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 the the idea um of it as just either just party music or just this or just that. There was enough space and um spread that you could know uh that that was just wasn't true, right? And even if, you know, as I said, like that, the, as I begin, I look at this month as the window of the that really golden uh, release time from this, basically this month, November of 1993, until the Purple Tape, where there's so much fantastic hip-hop that comes out in this window um, that is set the tone. You know what I mean, and, and to me, largely, that is what people are talking about when they talk about the 90s hip-hop and the da-da-da is everything that happened, not just in that window, but what that set the stage for. And you know, I think, you know, it's probably worth some future consideration for me. So I'll say that I will maybe do some more reflective joints or maybe even, um, you know, definitely got some stories of experiences tied to different music and stuff in that window. So you, you, you will hear more about that. Um, but I think it's good at all times, you know what I'm saying, to have an understanding and a sense of, you know, where you, what your history is, what, where were you at, and then also where do you fit now. Um, so, yeah, so with that, I'm going to say we're close to the, the closing time of this episode. So um, if you've never listened to these records, you need to go listen to them right now. So get on your, your Internet machine. Uh, on your YouTube and your various things and uh, start listening. Um, so I'm going to close out with two, a couple of points. One, I want to shout out my brother, Shaq King Sahum, and his, uh, the launch of his project. He's got a Indiegogo campaign to raise funds for his uh, food truck. Um, Salud PGH is, is the name. You can search it. I'll have the link in the show notes. My brother been making vegetarian and vegan 
Caribbean food for several years now in the Pittsburgh area and other places, I believe, too. Um, so if you like the food, if you're interested and you want to add on to something great in a great community, click the link, add on to my brother's campaign to expand his uh, business and the work that he's doing around Good Eats. I'm going to add on myself uh, when I get done recording this, and I would like you to do the same. Second thing I want to say is hit the shop. The, the arts and culture shirts are up and ready to go. All the proceeds support my work and support the creativity and the things that I'm doing, but also uh, some future events that will be coming in the next month or two. Um, and also, as I, you know, follow me, lean in, listen, um, the vision that's attached to that will reveal itself uh, as this year plays itself out. So, you know, please stay tuned for that. Um, next episode will release on Wednesday this next week. That is going to be a uh, interview with my good brother Divine Universal. I think it's a, you're really, 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 really going to enjoy that. So I, I ask you if you don't rate, you know, was it a subscribe, rate, share, you know, all of that. Write a review. But wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you keep it fired up because every week we'll have something for you. Uh, with that, I'm going to exit. Um, thank you for listening. This has been the Ask Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. Peace.